the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you hide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good evening. Thank you for coming to Victor Christian Fellowship tonight. We're so glad that you're here. God's got some great things in store. And if you're watching online, we say welcome to you as well. Share this with your friends. Father, we're so grateful and thankful. This is an opportunity for us to come to your table and to receive from on high. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your power, your strength, and your grace. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come before your throne. We can find mercy we can obtain mercy and find grace when we need it. And we're so thankful for that. We honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. The stars they went. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was small. 
you, Lord. That is who you are. You make ways. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. To the king who sits on the throne. You are high and lifted up. And Lord, your train is filling this temple. Your presence, your glory, your power, your anointing is here to destroy every yoke and remove every burden. Thank you for your yoke-destroying, burden-removing power that is present here. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. Thank you for being in our midst and meeting with us, Lord. Giving us an encounter with you that is unforgettable. That is impactful. That is life-changing. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. who follow my word will experience my goodness. Blessings are upon you. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Don't veer from my word. Stay close to it. Listen to it. And practice it. And you will see that it is true. And it will do exactly what I said it would for you. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Praise the Lord. It's Wednesday. And we're here at VCF. You're not here by accident or coincidence. You're here by design. And tomorrow we're beginning our Bible adventure time. That is where we minister to third, fourth, and fifth graders from Northside and Forge. During school, we bring them here for an hour, tell them about Jesus, and take them back. And We do the two schools back-to-back, so I call it the fastest two hours of the day. And uh, we're excited about that. Many kids have made a decision for Jesus. We have been uh, hosting that for over 10 years. And um, God is just so awesome. And then uh, this Saturday, for all the men who are ages 12 and up, we're going to have our Barnabas group. And if you'd like to participate, it's free. And uh, it starts at 8.30 on Saturday right here. And uh, it's our monthly meeting, and we're gearing up for our conference, which is going to occur in October. Level up. We're going to take you higher, guys. And uh, our special guest, our last guest of the year, actually, will be John George. He's going to be our speaker for our conference, and he's going to be here on that Sunday. And uh, it's going to be a great time. 
And then also, um, we're getting ready to invade a third school in Palmyra. And this is, we're breaking new ground. We're going into the middle school. Amen? And uh, it's called This Generation Program. And it's going to happen uh, on Tuesdays from 125 to 225. And that's going to be um, for our middle school in Palmyra. And uh, we're very excited about that. So uh, God's got some things for the next generation. It's time to rescue them from hell. Amen. It's time for them to change their course and uh, kick the devil out of our schools. Glory to God. So we're excited to reach out to the next generation. Um, our stoves will be coming uh, on Friday. So we have uh, two GE stainless steel stoves. They're a combination of a convection oven and a regular oven. And uh, they'll be here, so we're excited about that. And uh, we just got a lot of things going on. Um, you know, you can, uh, you can tell your friends they can order anything on our bookstore wherever they are at in the world. And uh, check out our youth back there, the Palazzo Creations. And uh, they're going to be going this Saturday participating in uh, Let Us Worship with Sean Foyt in uh, Philadelphia. So that's going to be a great time. I'll tell you what, uh, our youths are just flames of fire. And if you want to get some fire, get around them a little bit. They meet every Tuesday. So if you know any, any person, any young person that's uh, 12 and up and uh, they need to be part of a good group, have them join the New Generation Air Force. They meet on Tuesdays. So a lot going on. Amen. So uh, think about that when you give tonight, you're investing in the kingdom of God. You know, who came up with the idea of giving? God, Right. Aren't you glad he doesn't charge us for the air we breathe? Aren't you glad we don't have to think about making our heart beat or our blood flow? Well, he gave us life. He gave us everything. He gave the world his greatest gift, which is his son, Jesus Christ, to save them. Amen. So when you're giving, you're just being like God. And uh, the word throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, they promise a good return on our giving. Amen. He equates it to a, a seed. And uh, if you plant a, a corn seed, you're going to reap a whole lot more than one kernel. So uh, as you give tonight, you can give any time here during the service. If you're online, uh, take the opportunity and, and give uh, through our website. A lot of people do that, and that's a great benefit. So, Father, I call our givers and their gifts blessed tonight. And they reap prosperity, they reap protection, and they reap provision in their lives. And I thank you, Lord, that we lack no good thing. And we are fully supplied for everything that we need to do so that we can abound to every good work in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Well, we got some incredible teachers and kids tonight. And they get to encounter kids living in faith every, every uh, day. So kids, go to your class. Have a great time. Glory to God. Well, I've been soaking and I've been, I'm saturated today. And uh, God put something on my heart that is fresh.
Hallelujah. You ready for the word tonight? Amen. Not only for the word, but for the Holy Ghost. You know, God uses the word and the Holy Ghost together. They're the perfect combination. It's the one-two punch to the enemy. And it's uh, the dual double barrel for the believer. Glory to God. And uh, to start with, I just want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29. And uh, we're going to look at a verse here. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Last verse of the chapter here. And it says an interesting thing. It says, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord. But those things which are revealed, they belong to us and to our children. How long? Forever. That we may do all the words of the law. God is a revealer of things. And tonight, I want to talk to you about revelation makes things real. Revelation makes it real. And uh, there are secret things in God. There are secret treasures. There are secret strategies. There are unknown plans. There are secret paths. Did you know that God had a path through the Red Sea? It was always there, but when Israel needed it, he revealed it so that they could use it. And it rescued them, but it was always there. You know, it didn't take God by surprise. He knew that they were going to be in that situation. God has creative ways of doing things. He has secret riches. He has hidden blessings. And he has information about overcoming your enemy. Amen? Amen? And for you to know these things, they have to be revealed to you. They have to be shown to you. They have to be unveiled to us. Because here's the thing about revelation. When God gives you a revelation some insight into his kingdom or his ways, it becomes real to you in a moment. You know, when people got a revelation, they didn't have to go to a seminar. In other words, God God downloaded information, divine information on the spot right to them, and they knew something that they didn't know before. Or they saw something that they didn't see before. Because revelation makes it real. And if you need, if you want to operate in the power of God, you need a revelation about what he said. Amen? You can't just hear the word. It's got to get in you. It's got to be a part of you. And it's got to be real to you. But revelation makes it real. Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to go to the book of Galatians chapter 1. And we're going to see how revelation makes things real. Glory to God. You know, God's into Revelation. He wrote a book about it. It's called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. 
He likes to, he, it's always his desire to reveal truth to us. He loves giving his children an edge or an advantage. You know, and the devil can't accuse us of insider trading because it comes from our father. Amen. He gives us keys to success. Glory to God. And Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, I'm going to read this from the Amplified, okay? Uh, because the Amplified just says it so well. You know, when, you, when, when someone invents the wheel, you don't have to reinvent it. Amen? And Galatians chapter 1, starting with verse 11, it says, For I want you to know, believers, that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. In other words, the good news of Jesus Christ, it didn't come from man. Man didn't think it up. It wasn't a concept that came from earth. It was a revelation that God gave to a man who was his chosen vessel. Amen? And with all the education that Paul had, his revelation was greater than his education. His revelation that he received was more powerful. Than, nothing wrong with education, but you need an education with revelation. Education alone is not enough. You need a revelation. Because if you want to have a revolution, you need a revelation. When you get a revelation from God, it will revolutionize your life. So he said, this gospel is not man's gospel. It's not a human invention patterned after any human concept. Glory to God. It's not a, it didn't come from man. And uh, so he said, uh, you know, God reveals his good news. It's his message of hope, deliverance, healing, forgiveness, destiny, and salvation to his messengers so that they can communicate to the world and to his body, and the body can be built up and edified. There's, God reveals things for a purpose, on purpose. Hallelujah. Say, so he's revealing things to me right now. So the gospel's not a human invention. Didn't come from man. It wasn't man's idea. It did not originate on the earth. It came from heaven. It was God's idea. God disclosed it. God showed it. And God told it. Hey, this is God's story. And he can communicate his story to anybody he wants to so that his story can be told. You know, Paul tells about his revelation in 1 Corinthians 12 or where he was caught up into the third heaven. And he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body. But God spoke to him in that experience. God revealed to him and he wrote half the New Testament. That was by revelation. Paul didn't go to a, a Testament writing seminar. He had a degree in Phariseeism. 
He had a degree in Judaism, theological Judaism studies. But the information that he put in the New Testament came directly from God to you. To him, to you. Amen? Okay? Let's read this and then we'll talk about it. For indeed, I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a direct revelation of Jesus Christ. God, we have a direct line of communication with God. When God wants to say something to you, you don't have to ask someone what God is going to say. He will speak directly to you. As a believer in Christ Jesus, you have a direct line of communication with the Almighty. You have an open, he has an open door policy. We can come boldly before the throne of grace anytime we want to. You will never interrupt God in a meeting. He will never have his door closed to you. We have been granted access to the very throne room of God because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 13. You have heard of my career and former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to hunt down and persecute the church of God extensively. He went from a persecutor to a preacher. I think revelation will change you. It'll radically change your life. And uh, with fanatical zeal, I tried my best to destroy it. (laughs) Isn't it funny how God called someone to build something he was destroying? (laughs) Hallelujah. God's got a sense of humor. Uh, Verse 14. And you have heard how I surpassed many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, my advanced study of the laws of Judaism, as I was extremely loyal to the traditions of my ancestors. You know, if you find, if you find yourself steeped in traditionalism, a revelation can deliver you. A revelation can rescue you. A revelation of truth can set you free from that bondage. Amen? He said, verse 15, but when God, who had chosen me, set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Now you're, now you're, you're talking about a different, who's the son? That's the word. God, want, God was pleased to reveal his word in him. When God reveals something in you, it becomes alive. It becomes active. There's some effervescent movement going on. You know, it's like God dropping a couple of Elka-Seltzers in a bottle of water. A revelation from God is like a volcanic eruption. Things begin to stir on the inside. And it gives you heaven's perspective about your situation. Okay? And he revealed his son in him so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. The Gentiles didn't have a clue about who God was. Because a lot of Gentiles worship multiple gods, many gods, false gods. I mean, my goodness, they were, they were worshiping a tomb to the unknown God. They needed help. 
I did not immediately consult with anyone uh, for guidance regarding God's call and his revelation to me. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and I stayed there a while and afterward returned once more to Damascus. Okay, so a revelation means you're laying something bare. It means an unveiling, an un- uncovering, or a revealing. It means uh, it's a disclosure of truth. You know, every contract has a disclosure in it. When you enter into a mortgage, it has a disclosure in it. All right, they have to disclose certain information. They can't keep it secret from you. Um, it's an instruction uh, concerning divine things. It's given to the soul. It's given to your soul by God Himself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay? So, a revelation from Jesus Christ is God speaking to man. It's not taught, but it's received. Aren't you glad you don't have to be taught a revelation? You can simply receive it. Okay? It comes through a direct line of communication. When you receive a direct revelation, it'll change you. How long did it take Paul to stop persecuting? He says, oh boy, it's going to take me 30 days to change this habit. Actually, it took one day, but God gave him three days to think about it. The moment he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, his persecuting days were done. God removed the persecuting nature out of him. And he put something different in him. He put a new nature in him. Hallelujah. Paul was a new person. Matter of fact, God even changed his name. He was Saul, but now he's Paul. See, when God gives you a revelation, it's going to change you from the inside out. And it's, it's going to change you for the better. A revelation is an upgrade. It's like going from coach to first class. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You've been upgraded. Well, thank you very much. God reveals secrets to those he chooses. Paul was a chosen vessel. God chooses people. For a purpose. Maybe he revealed to you that you're supposed to own your own business. Amen? That's a revelation. Finding your purpose in life is a revelation. I'll never forget when I was sitting in New Testament survey at Raymond Bible Training College. And I came across Galatians 3.29. It was a revelation to me. That we could be heirs of Christ. Glory to God. It changed my life and it transformed my ministry. I knew that God spoke to me at that moment, although I had no clue what it meant. In the moment that he spoke it to me. Do you think Joseph had a clue about how God was going to get him to Egypt? He He just saw the end result. He saw his brothers bowing down to him. He saw his father and mother bowing down to him. But he didn't see the journey. But that was a revelation. And 20 years later, he saw it come to pass. 
What he dreamed in his dream was happening for in real time. But I guarantee you in that moment when his brothers were bowing down to him, he went back to that dream that he had. God just gave him a picture, a glimpse of what was to come. God gives, it gives God great pleasure to reveal his son in you. His son is his word. A divine revelation makes God's word real to you. Do you remember in creation, the story of creation that's talked about in Genesis? It says that the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. But there was an entity called the Spirit who was hovering over the waters. He was like ready for the command. He was ready to take God's command and put action to it. He was just hovering like a hummingbird over a flower, like a helicopter rescuing someone in the water. They're hovering over it. They can stay in the same place. And the spirit of God was hovering. He was waiting for the command. And once God said, let there be light, with lightning speed, the Holy Spirit went into action and he brought what God said into being. He's waiting for you to get a revelation from God so that he can activate it in your life. Amen? We got to be able to catch the revelations, not let them drop, not let them pass. We got to be able to hold on to them. And this message is going to help you tonight. Hallelujah. It gave God great pleasure to reveal his word in you. When his word is real to you, you operate in a greater degree of power. When, when the disciples were in the storm, it gave, Jesus gave us the impression that they could have done what he did. Because Jesus was sleeping. He said, boys, you take care of this. I've given you what you need. You take care of it. Amen? But no, they had to wake him up. Because they, they were dumbfounded. Yeah, they could have slept too. But see, they didn't have a revelation of the authority that God gave them. Now, the Roman centurion had a revelation of authority. He had such a revelation of authority that when he met Jesus, he said, only speak the word and it shall be so. And Jesus said, that's the greatest kind of faith I've ever heard in all of Israel. We need a revelation of who we are in Christ. We are not defeated. We are not poor. We are not orphans. We are not by ourselves. We are children of God, children of the most high God. We are the apple of his eye. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are blood bought. Hallelujah. So if you want to operate in a greater degree of power, if you want to speak to things and just have them happen like that, then you need a revelation. You need God's word to be real to you. People operated in the power of God. The woman with the issue of blood got a revelation of healing. 
She got a revelation that Jesus was the healer and all she had to do was touch his clothes because healing was all around him. Healing was in him. He was stuffed full of healing. He is the healer. So when you're the healer, your clothes are healing. Your hands are healing. Your words are healing. Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit and life. He had a revelation that when he talks, everything he says is going to happen. It's all by revelation. Jesus got a revelation of who he was when he was 12 years old sitting in the temple talking to the doctors of the law and asking them questions that blew their mind. Did you not know when when Jesus said, he he took the book of Isaiah and he said, uh, the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He knew exactly who he was. How did he get there? He got a revelation. Oh, but he was the son of God. No, he was also the son of man. He gave up his right to act like God, and he got a revelation of who he was because he got in the book so much so that the book got in him. See, you can't just get in the book. The book has to get in you. That's when you get a revelation. A revelation will cause an explosion. I could hold a firecracker in my hand all day long and nothing's going to happen. But when I put some fire to that wick, I better let it go. Why? Because there's going to be an explosion pretty soon. I know we used to blow up apples in my, in my mailbox at home when I grew up in Illinois. And, and we'd put an M80 in the mailbox and light it and run and then the mailbox would blow open. And we'd stuff a and then maybe an apple and make some apple pie. So revelation is the fire that lights your wick. Okay? If God's word is not real to you, you don't understand it, you don't know it, or you haven't received it. Why isn't this working for me? It worked for so-and-so, but it didn't work for me. You don't know it, you haven't received it, and you don't understand it. So quit your whining and get in the book. If it's not working for you, it's hidden from you. Or you can't see it. Do you realize how many times did Jesus say that He was going to raise from the dead in his ministry, and they didn't believe it when it happened because they didn't have a revelation of it. They were just as surprised as anybody else that the tomb was empty. But yet he he kept telling them. He told them on several occasions, in several ways, in different ways. But they didn't, it was hidden from them. They couldn't, they didn't understand it. So if God's word, let me just say this again. If God's word is not real to you, you don't understand it, you don't know it, you haven't received it, it's hidden from you, or you can't see it, you are unable to use it. It's like a useless tool. Now, here's the other side of the coin. If God's word is real to you, 
When you receive it, you understand it, you value it, and you're confident and assured of its message. When God's word is real to you, it makes you bold. It makes you strong. There is no doubt whatsoever. When Jairus came to Jesus, he had a revelation that Jesus could raise his daughter from the dead and heal her and she would live. Because that's exactly what he said. Come lay your hands on my daughter, heal her that she may live. Okay? And that's he was confident in that because when the pressure came... And guess what? Pressure is going to come. But if you if the word is real to you, you got so much power, you, you resist the pressure. Oh, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. He didn't say another word. He zipped his lip. Why? He had to be confident in his original statement. Did he get the result? Then the word was real to him. Say, the word's got to be real to me. When God, I'm going to say this again. When God's word is real to you, you receive it, you understand it, you value it, and you're confident and assured of its message. You know, it can't go any other way than the way God said it. Amen? Go to Mark chapter 4 for just a minute. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. Ooh, there's some revelation happening right now. Eyes are being opened. Lights are being turned on, not turned off, turned on. Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. Listen to this. Actually, start with verse 8. Mark 4, verse 8. It says, and he's talking about the seed, and it fell on good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Good ground is ground that has a revelation of the value of the seed. Do you realize all the other ground looked at other things more than they looked at the seed? The cares of the world, lust for other things, the short-lived joy that it brought. They did not value the seed. They valued other things above the seed. But the good ground valued the seed. Because it had a revelation of the power of the seed. Some fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, sixty, or a hundredfold. He that has an ear, let him hear. Oh, get this. See, when, when you have a revelation of the word, you're going to yield you're going to have a yield and you're going to have results. A revelation yields results. Now get this. A revelation is a live transfer or download of current information. Let me say that again. A revelation, a divine revelation, is a live transfer or a download of current information. It happens in the moment. It happens on the spot. It happens right now. You don't have to go to school for it. You don't have to be trained for it. You just have to be open to it. You open tonight? Say, I'm open for business. 
See, I'm open for God's business. Okay? Have you ever heard a news report, this just in? Or, we've just received word. Or, it's happening now. You know what? That's revelation talk. We've just, I've just received a word. It's happening right now. Current information. Hallelujah. It's, this just came in. Amen? Okay? Look at verse 9. Mark chapter 4, verse 9. He said to them, he that have ears to hear, let him hear. Revelation has a great deal to how you hear. Revelation happens. It has a great deal to do with how you hear. Ears to hear God's word. How do you value God's word? How do you invest in God's word? How do you attend to God's word? Remember Proverbs 4 says, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't let them depart out of your mouth, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. But first, you've got to attend to the word. How do you value the word? How do you attend to the word? How do you digest and meditate the word? You know, if you don't chew your fruit good enough, you're going to choke. Am I right about that? I had a, my grandfather was a bit of a health food nut. And uh, there were times when he would make me count my, how many times I chewed my food. So that the saliva could get mixed in and it could get, you know, your jaw gets tired after a while. Just let me chew the food and swallow. But you know what? Some people, they just skim the word, but they don't take time to digest it. And if you're not meditating, that's what God told Joshua, meditating the word. How often? Day and night. That you may observe to do. When you're doing it, it's real to you. If you're not doing it, it's not real to you. It's just dead seed. Mm, We're getting somewhere, aren't we? You know, God will never put his pearls before swine. You know what a swine does? It'll trample the pearl. It can't tell the difference if it's a pearl or a rock. It'll just trample it, crush it, maybe even eat it. But God never puts his pearls, which is his, the choice of his word, before swine. First, you don't have to turn here, but First Samuel five eleven fifteen eleven said they turned away from following me and did not obey my word. So if you want a harvest, you're going to have to value the word. All right, go to verse ten, Mark four verse ten, and when he was alone, they 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 that were with him, they, when he was alone, they that were about they that were about him. Uh, with the twelve, asked of him the parable. Okay? Get this. You can ask the Lord to explain. He'll give you understanding so that you can know the meaning of what he's saying. Revelation comes when you seek truth and ask the truth. Jesus spoke him. If you're not seeking the truth, all you'll hear is a parable. But if you're seeking the truth, you'll get the understanding of it. 
People in the world just heard the parable, but they didn't have the understanding. But the disciples who had a relationship with Jesus, when they were in private, they asked him about what he meant, and he explained it to them. That's revelation. If you want to know something about the Bible, ask. Well, what a concept. You mean I can just ask God and he'll show me? Yes! That's a revelation for some of you. You mean I don't have to jump through hoops? All I got to do is ask my father, what did you mean by this? And he'll be glad to explain it to you. You have not because you... Oh. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 11. He said to them, unto you it is given to know the mystery. If you know the mystery, is it a mystery anymore? No. Say it's been given me to know the mystery. The mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. (laughs) So, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Revelation has a great deal to do with your willingness and openness to learn. Are you teachable? Or when someone tells you a scripture, you say, oh, I know that. Yeah, but are you getting the results that it says you can have? If you're not getting the results, don't answer, I know it. Amen? If you're not getting the results, you say, oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with me. Why? That's being open and willing to learn. Those who are unwilling and closed get parables or nothing. Those who are willing and open get understanding, clarity, and results. Do you want to have nothing or do you want to have results? Then you need a revelation. Amen? You need God's word to come alive to you. Verse 13. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable? And how will you know all the parables? Revelation is also a key to understanding other things. Did you know that God gives us keys to understand what he's saying? You know, how are you going to understand Revelation, Ezekiel, and Daniel? When they talk about all these pictures, all these uh, pictorial things, you've got to have the understanding of it. Amen? He gives you keys. He tells you what things mean in other places of the Bible. You can't just use one place in the Bible to get the meaning. The Bible interprets the Bible. Amen? All right, now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. A revelation from God will cause you to do something different. For Paul, he preached to the Gentiles instead of persecuted Christians. That's a pretty good change. Right? And a revelation builds confidence. It fully persuades you and it makes you certain. You know that you know that you know that this is so. You got to get to the point where you know that you know that you know. Do you know there was a time when Abraham doubted God? In Genesis 15, he said, God, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless? He's focusing on what he doesn't have. Instead of what God gave him. God gave him a promise. What are you going to give me seeing I go childless? He said, Abraham, 
Let's take a walk outside. I want to show you something. They get outside the tent. He says, look up. You see the stars? Yeah, I see the stars. You see the sand? Oh, yeah, I see the sand. I'm going to make your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. He, God gave Abraham a picture of creation to help him understand the immeasurable, immeasurable power of God. And guess what? From that moment on, Abraham believed God. And it was credited unto him for righteousness. That was the moment that he fully accepted. He got a revelation of the promise. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a father. Everywhere he went, I'm Abraham. I'm father of many nations. Hey, I'm father of many nations. Nice to meet you. Father of many nations. Guess what? Did he get the results? See, he must have had a revelation. Oh, it took 25 years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how long you get the results as long as you get the results. You know, if you wait 25 years, God gets greater glory. All right, Ephesians 1.17. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep, personal, and intimate insight. Revelation gives you deep, personal, and intimate insight into the kingdom of God, into God himself, into the Son, into the ways, into how he operates, into what he does, into future things. Do you realize the information that we have access to in our lives? We have access to this. You've got a heaven's encyclopedia living on the inside of you. Not just the encyclopedia, but the author who wrote it. He was there in the beginning, and now he's in you. Glory to God. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Okay? You'll find out God's ways, God's plans, how he works, his truth, his operations, and his victory strategies. Revelation gives you true, reliable knowledge of God. Because in Ephesians it says, he gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation into the true knowledge of him. There's a lot of things that are false about God. But we want the true knowledge of God. We have access to the true knowledge of God. Amen? All right? And then he says, verse 18, and the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Revelation enhances the light of your, the sight of your heart, the real you, your spirit. He will cause you to see what you were not able to see before. Did you know that light makes things clear? When light comes on a scene, like if something's dark, you can't really make out what's there. But when you turn the light on, you see what's there. I got to tell you the story of Jesse Duplantis. I'm going to make it quick. He was in his early days of his ministry, so he was staying in people's homes when he traveled. And uh, at this one home, he was sleeping in the middle of the night. He saw this thing go like that. 
So this happened three times. He was getting up, rebuking the thing, shouting at it, uh, calling down heaven. And then finally, as the sun began to rise and it shined in his room, the light came into his room. He saw that it was an overcoat that was hung over the vent. And every time the vent kicked on, the thing would move like it was a spirit. And he thought it was an evil spirit because he couldn't see because it was dark. But then he got mad at God. He said, God, why did you let me rebuke a coat? God said, Jesse, that was the funniest thing I ever saw. I can see God. Look at, look at my boy rebuking that coat. That's my boy right there. <laughs> Revelation is a powerful light and it's always associated with light. He enlightens you. As, as revelation flows, things are made clear and simplified. All right? Then he says in Ephesians, uh, the last part of 18, so that you may know and cherish the hope. Revelation helps you know. And as G.I. Joe said, knowing is half the battle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Did you know that you can know something you didn't know before? <laughs> Revelation occurs instant and immediate. It's faster than instant pudding. It cooks things faster than a microwave. Once you have a revelation, you can act on it. Once it's revealed, it's yours. Every revelation comes with power to carry it out. It's real knowledge of God and heaven that comes to you in real time and it brings real solutions for real problems. That's revelation. Anybody have some problems? God's got a revelation to solve it. He's got some inside information that he can give to you right now. You know, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do the people say that I am? They said, oh, you're some say you're John the Baptist or Jeremiah or the prophets. But then he asked the question, well, who do you say that I am? You know, God's not concerned with the opinion of the majority. He's concerned with the, the opinion of the individual. Who is God to you? Who am I to you? Everybody was silent except for Peter. Peter, all of a sudden, the fisherman who didn't, uh, I don't know how far of an education he had, but People, had, people said about Peter in Acts 4, they said these were unlearned and ed, uneducated men, but they knew that they'd been with Jesus. So there was Peter. Jesus asked this question out of the blue. And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Peter, and you're going to be a rock. And he said, upon this rock, not Peter wasn't the rock that held everything up. Peter was a pebble on the rock. The rock was the revelation knowledge of who Jesus was. He is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is the redeemer. He is the healer. Hallelujah. Peter got a revelation on the spot in an instant downloaded to him directly from the father to him. Just boom, right there. There it was. 
All right? Revelation is insight. It's a glimpse into the riches of his glorious inheritance. You want to see what you got? God will show you. God will show you what you got. He said, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he reveals them to us by the Holy Spirit. In order for you to operate, in order for you to benefit from what you have, you've got to have a revelation of what's yours. Because once you know what's yours, then you can use it, you can operate it, you can do what you want with it. But you need a revelation. You can't do it without a revelation. Revelation, a revelation will elevate you. It shows you God's immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power. Hallelujah. Do you realize? Moses said, I want to see your glory. And God says, okay, I'll show you my glory, but you can't see the whole thing. Otherwise, it'll kill you. But he said, you, you, I'm going to hide you in the back. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. And, I'm gonna, and all my goodness is going to pass before you. And you can see my backside. Moses got a glimpse. He got a revelation of the glory of God. Hallelujah. If God will give Moses a glimpse, what he will do for you? We have better promises that's made on better things. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's a revelation reveals God's power, but you got to believe it to receive it. It's got to be by faith. This is all in Ephesians 1, by the way. Just for time's sake, I just didn't read every little scripture. Revelation will take you up to a higher plane. How many want to come up higher tonight, right now? Where you can have a completely different perspective about your current situation. You look at things from God's vantage point. Who, where is God seated? In heavenly places. When you're seated in heavenly places and you are in Christ. That's what Ephesians tells us. We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. When you're up here, your problems down here look like ants. They look small. You can squash them. You can overcome them. But you got to have this perspective. you got to deal from this perspective up here, not down here. If football players can understand the use of perspective, why can't the body of Christ? They, football, a coach has someone in the booth who can see a different perspective of the field and they're in constant communication with them on the sidelines. See, cause on the sidelines, you have a limited view of what the field is. But when you're looking from the field up here, you can see all the movement on both sides. You can see the openings. You can see the weaknesses. You can see the spots that you need to get to. And they're in constant communication. We need to be in constant communication with the Holy Ghost so that we can maintain heaven's perspective. Hallelujah. That's what Revelation does. There is unreal. Oh, my goodness. Look at verse 19 of Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 19. 
he said, talks about the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power. Where is that, that power? In us. Say, it's in me. Say, his power is in me. Who believe? So guess what? You got some unrealized power that you have that you didn't know you had. But it's in you, but you, you don't know it's there. You don't know how to access it. You need a revelation. And revelation tells you that it's there and what to do with it. You activate a revelation by faith. How did Joshua know how to overcome Jericho? He had a revelation. The revelation was, I want you to march around this city six days, once a day. And don't say a word. You just march. But on the seventh day, I want you to march around that city seven times. And on the seventh time, you're going to blow trumpets. And once you blow trumpets, you make a shout that is earth shattering. Hallelujah. And that's how the walls are going to fall. That was a revelation of a divine strategy that no one on earth could have thought of. No general would have practiced. No general would have implemented can you see an American, uh, what's, what's the council of uh, generals in the United States? What do they call that? Uh, they have the, all the heads of the military. Joint Chiefs of Staff, there you go. Can you see the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying, okay, when we go to this battle, we're just going to march around the city and we're going to shout. The soldiers will be looking at him like, you, you on something? Right? Because it's so illogical. It doesn't make sense. That's because it doesn't come from the natural realm. It comes straight from the spiritual realm. And look at the results. How are you going to cross the Jordan at flood stage? Oh, just get a priest to dip his foot in the water. Whoop! Just he, he puts his toe in the water and the water just parts. And two to three million people walk on dry land. They cross the Jordan at flood stage. They had a divine revelation. Moses was standing at the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was behind him. What am I going to do? He gets a revelation. What's in your hand? Oh, I got a staff. Raise it up. Okay. He raised it up. And what happened? The waters part. A revelation of a stick in your hand. Amen. The stick was always in his hand, but he didn't know how to use it. He used it to make a serpent, but that's all. And he used it for walking. He didn't know he could open up the Red Sea with it. He didn't know it was a key. But when you have a revelation, God takes what you have and makes it a key to open things up, to do things that haven't been done before. Do you know when when Jesus healed the blind man, the man who was born blind in John 9? You know that he got a revelation, spit on the dirt, and put it in his eyes. He's blind. He's not going to see what you do anyway. I mean, the blind man, he doesn't know what's happening. You know, a guy spit in the dirt and put mud on his eye. How would you like to have someone spit in the dirt and put that in your eye? Huh? You'd freak out. But that was a revelation that Jesus got by the Holy Spirit on the spot, in the moment, he knew exactly what to do, just like that. 
That's revelation. Hallelujah. All right, let me just say one more scripture. John 16, 13. Man. We might have to continue this next week. I got more to say about this. John 16, 13. When he... The spirit of truth is come. Guess what? He has arrived. He's already here. He's not on his way. He's already been poured out. He abides on the earth. He's not in heaven right now, although he can be anywhere at any time. Okay? What will he do, the spirit of truth? He will guide you into all truth. Any truth about any subject, he'll bring you into the whole whole enchilada of it. He'll guide you into all truth about healing. He'll guide you into all truth about overcoming fear. He'll guide you into all truth about prospering in your business or in your family. He'll guide you into all truth about how to run your home. He'll guide you into all truth about every area. Is all truth all truth, right? Notice he guides you into all truth, okay? Full and complete truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears. Hallelujah. From the Father. Revelation. The Holy Spirit is a revelator. Hallelujah. And with his revelation, there'll be a revolution. There'll be a realization that you can have something better, have something different, do something different. Glory to God. Something that you never thought of before. It'll be on the spot, in the moment, right now. He will glorify and honor me. He never disagrees with the source. Hallelujah. Then it says, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Did you know that there's things ahead that you can't see? There's things ahead that you don't know what's there. You don't know what's around that corner. You don't know what's there, but God does. And if you listen to him, he'll show you things to come. He'll show you what's ahead. Hallelujah. Maybe you need to avoid a trap. Maybe you not need not to be there. Because God knows what's happening there. And if you go there, you'll be in trouble. So he's helping you avoid trouble. Or maybe there's a blessing there. He will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has mine. Because of, uh, of this, I said, he will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. So revelation makes things known to you. Revelation gives you insight into the mysteries of God. Hallelujah. You are a mystery solver. You are the Sherlock Holmes in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Elementary, my dear Holy Spirit. You know, Sherlock Holmes had Watson, but we got the Holy Ghost. He's a much more reliable helper, a much more knowledgeable helper, a much more powerful helper. Hallelujah. Let him help you. Welcome his help. He knows what he's doing. He knows where he needs to get you. 
He knows how to direct you. But we got to listen to him. Amen? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Next week, more on Revelation, unless the Holy Spirit says otherwise. I got to talk to you about the mystery of Christ and what that is. Hallelujah. How many are glad for a revelation? Are you ready for an on-the-spot, in-the-moment download to give you success, to overcome what you've been dealing with, to break free of whatever has uh, latched onto you? Amen. Whatever's hindering you, a revelation will set you free. A A revelation will bring you out. A revelation will sustain you on the right path. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is a revealer. The secrets belong to him, but what he reveals belongs to you. That means you're responsible for it. That means you got to do it. If you get a revelation and you don't do it, you've neglected it. You've disobeyed it. And if you disobey one revelation, maybe you won't get another one. Amen? Or the, or the cost of disobedience might be too great. Don't disobey a revelation. Father, we give you thanks and praise for revealing to us right now what we need to know, where we need to go, what we need to do in this moment of our lives and the things that we're dealing with in our families, in our businesses, in our homes. Father, in our own heart, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for showing us things to come. I thank you for revealing truth and shedding light into our situation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You go ahead and pray these things out yourself. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you reveal secret things to us. Lord, give us insight, understanding, and wisdom into your kingdom. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. And Lord, begin to praise God right now for the truth that he's revealing to you in this moment in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Begin to exalt him and praise him in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Revelation is on its way. God's word is going to come to you, so listen to what he has to say. It's right now. It's today. It's not tomorrow. It's not another hour. It's right now you can have his power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? I can have that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. You want me to do this with who? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Revelation is flowing to the body of VCF right now in the name of Jesus. Lights are coming on. Where there was darkness, light is shedding in, bringing clarity. Hallelujah. Solving problems. Glory to God. Clearing up the air. Glory to God. Removing confusion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, if you can pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be filled right now tonight. Is there anyone in here tonight that has never been filled with the Holy Spirit and with the ability to speak in other tongues? 
That's such an incredible tool that God has given us. You know what you do when you pray in tongues? You're praying out mysteries. You're praying solutions to problems. Hallelujah. You're praying out God's perfect will. You're having a direct communication to your father. Hallelujah. You got Jesus on the main line right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've been having pain in your body. Hallelujah. There's a revelation. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what's wrong. He knows exactly how to fix it. Right now, in this moment. Amen? Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead. I want to share this revelation the Lord showed me while Doug was teaching. You know the story with the uh, storm when Jesus was sleeping on the boat? All of the, the disciples should have just slept, too. Yes. So listen to this. The storm came in in the middle of a journey. Jesus already told them the destination. And the storm came. And the reason Jesus had to wake up and rebuke the storm was because they were afraid. Yes. He was doing he was stopping something that was causing them fear. But the whole point, Jesus was sleeping. You can do what the word is doing whenever there's an instruction from God. The word was sleeping. Yes. It was the matter was set. They were going to the other side. That was the final word. They're going to the other side. They got in the boat to go to the other side. On the way to the other side, the storm came to stop them from getting to the other side in their minds. So they started to be afraid that they would die. And they woke Jesus up and asked him, don't you even care, you know, that we may die. And then Jesus rebuked the storm. But honestly, the storm didn't have to be rebuked for them to get to the other side. Jesus had already said, we're going to the other side. They would have made it. Because they did his instruction. They, they got in a boat to go to the other side. So whatever God has asked you to do, if you started doing it, and while you're in the process of getting to the, to the end result that he asked you to accomplish, a storm shows up, don't stop to stop the storm. Just rest in what he said and get to the other side. It'll, you'll get to the other side. Like, seriously. There's, it, it, it wasn't necessary to stop the storm. Jesus just stopped the storm because they were all afraid. And they started yelling at Jesus, don't you care? that w-? Jesus was sleeping. Do you think he would, if, the, if they were going to sink and die, don't you think he would have woke up himself and do something about it? Like, isn't the word capable of stopping things that will be detrimental from his plan occurring? So we have to stop fearing interruptions. Mm. That's what the revelation I want you to get. When, When God asks you to do something and an interruption show up, don't pay attention to it. Keep your eyes focused on the other side, wherever it is. So here's some interruptions. Anger. These are all stormy things, right? Offense. Unforgiveness. People getting in your way. 
All these things are stormy things. Strife itself is a big storm, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to just think, don't be afraid of whatever the enemy has decided to stir up. Let's put it that way. Because you could have just slept like Jesus did. He just slept. All the disciples could have slept. He was at, the the Amplified said his head was on the cushion next to the captain's stern. That means he was right there. The captain of the ship is trying to make the thing go and he's just sleeping. And water was coming in the boat. Water was coming in the boat. If they would all just took a nap, they would have known what was happening and they would have gotten to the other side. But the natural mind, see, nobody, you're still looking at me like, seriously? Somebody had to be, so think about this. Somebody had to be the one that was responsible enough to stay awake and see that you could have sank. Is that, that's really what we're saying. Think about it. Because Jesus was sleeping. That was the worry ward. Do you see what I'm saying? So when we read these stories, we always have to see what Jesus did, and that's what we were supposed to do. Jesus was sleeping. We're not supposed to wake up and go stop the storm. We were supposed to be sleeping. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't wake yourself. When you have rested on a matter, here's when your rest happens. Your rest happens when you said yes to the assignment and you got into the vehicle, whatever means that is, and you got in it to get you to the end result. That's when you say, okay, Father, I'm on my way. Thank you for the assignment. And you rest. Instead of being all wore out by the time you get there because you were afraid, the journey made you so scared. And, you're, and then, then when you get there, the testimony start being about your journey of the storm, not of what the Word said. Anyway, that's my, that's, that's just one. Awesome. There's several of them, but this, I'll just share that one with you. That's awesome. Say, from this moment on, I'm going to think different. I'm going to behave different. And I'm going to speak different because I'm going to operate in revelation knowledge because I'm a revolutionary for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Have a great night.